Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Nobody's Listening to This Music Podcast podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Eric. And today, we're here. We're back. We're back in action. Imagine. Like, That'd be, like yeah. boring white dudes on a podcast. Could uh-huh. it be me? Hey. Hey. Yeah. Hey, you guys. What's up? Th- sorry we took a week off. Hey, what's up? Yeah, okay. I guess that that's... Uh, we can we can go ahead and address that up front. Yeah, some stuff happened. Uh, uh, you know, did we take a week off? Re- really too heavy to talk about on the podcast. Uh, mm. Nah, it's yeah. We just like it just didn't happen. You know. Yeah. yeah right. Sometimes we get busy. Uh huh. We just don't do a podcast. Yeah, you know we're we're big boys. And we have some big boy things to do sometimes. Right. And uh, sometimes we're on business trips. Sometimes we are. Not me. Very important businessmen. But Eric's on business trips these days. Yeah, I'm flying. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about to get my Hawaiian Miles he's gold ju- card he's or whatever. Set, dude. Yeah, I'm looking to get Pualani gold this year. Is that a thing? I think so. I think my coworkers have that and they get to like. They, like jump the line kind Do of thing. Do they get a lounge? They're actually really, really adamant at all times that uh, whenever I've flown with them so far to get TSA pre-check. Yeah. Which allows you to kind of skip the line a little. But we all end up, I guess it's because they're waiting for me and the other people who don't have pre-check, but we end up in the same place at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the they, plane doesn't, they, they just don't get want to leave to, early. They just want you to like walk through. <clears throat> Yeah, but it's like $85, so... Yeah, they're going to pay for it? I'm good. That's what I'm saying, yeah. I'm fine waiting in line. Yeah, one time, uh, my dad had TSA pre-check because he was, uh, you know, a businessman that flew around a lot for business. Yeah. Uh, by this way, we're, very this week we're talking man. about the Foo Fighters, and we went to the airport and he went through TSA the pre-check he just walked through and just let you be a boy alone <laughs> and my little sister <laughs> nice so dude I'm, I'm 10 and she's 8 <laughs> just going through yeah, TSA you guys don't, oh you guys don't have pre-check yet my dad's just on the other side of TSA he can see us yeah but he just he didn't he wasn't like he wasn't like he oh, didn't want to wait. I have pre-check, but I didn't want to help his eight-year-old daughter <laughs> through security. You can, you can. By the way, if you have TSA pre-check, you can still just go through regular TSA. You can, yeah. It's a choice, <laughs> and he fully made the choice to just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll get I through that. They'll get through. <clears throat> I don't know if I mentioned it. But we're talking about the Foo Fighters this week, just kind of generally. So, kind of, yeah. You know. Uh, maybe a month or two ago now, we we lost uh, Taylor Hawkins. Uh, it's that long already. Yeah, right. Time kind of just moves. Uh, it was funny the other day. Nah, I'll just move on. But like, <laughs> ah, uh, bad story. Anyways, I just kind of, 
you know, uh, you know, that's on that's on the noggin, uh, the the loss there. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't really know what happened. I kind of I think I'm fine not to. Uh, yeah, you I know, think I think we can all make assumptions of what happens in hotel rooms on on tour. Uh, but like, yeah, I kind of wanted to do a Foo Fighters episode a couple like a month ago, and then I kept forgetting to say that. But so here we are. So we're kind of just doing a general one. And yeah, a few weeks ago, I kind of put on in the car. It just ended up the the color and the shape. Uh, I it's funny that at, I had no clue that this album was called the color and the shape. Yeah, it's kind of just, you know, the one with the stuff on the front. It's funny because... The first one? Yeah, I said it, but... um, Jesus Christ, Balancing Composure uses Uh-oh. the color and the yeah. shape as a lyric. Oh. oh. Oh, right, right, you did say that, I think. Yeah. But yeah, this album rips, dude. It's just like so good there's so much guitar happening right and i remember so okay so i guess we can back up a second too and say so when i was like you know a boy a lad i wasn't yeah i wasn't particularly into the foo fighters i was kind of like oh it's like kind of rock you know like kind of like all right that (laughs) you listen to that rock shit yeah that's rock music all right anybody asking me what i listen to all through school. Yeah. You, so you listen to like, like rock. Yeah. You look like what? You listen to, you listen to rock music. <laughs> and um, yeah, just like I think like the Pretender or whatever, and kind of like you know a little bit less cool Foo Fighters. But then in 2011, you know we're we're uh, I remember being at band. Uh, we were at your house. Yeah. I feel like we had a show the next day or something kind Probably. of deal. And, um, yeah, that documentary came on the TV. on the TV, and Because um, my dad had the TV hard-locked on a music channel. <laughs> Palladium 24-7, period. And if, you listen, if you're a uh, you know, frequent listener, you'll know this. You know, this is known. This is, yeah, um, it's a, it's an overarching theme of yeah, it's a my constant. dad's house is you would walk into the living room to yeah. my dad either sitting in there and watching it or most of the time in an Not. entirely different room <laughs> with just Palladia on the TV, right? Doing the shirt over the nose thing. Yeah. Yeah. A very a, a real easy guy to do an impression of, honestly. Like well, mostly physical stuff, but Yeah, cuz it's yeah, it's physical humor <laughs> mostly because he didn't he was quiet. He doesn't really like talk about it. Uh, Andrew. I mean, he was on the yeah, podcast. People like heard him speak, but this is true. A few times or just once? A few I guess technically it. twice, but only let yeah, on like there was one time. full episode. Yeah. We should really. That was I a couple years like ago a, that he was on the first time. I should get like one of those one eight hundred numbers, mm-hmm. where like I can like have, you know, like people call in. I think you can do that with Skype. I'm not sure. I'll have to sort that out. Like a Google number or whatever. Like right, how celebrities have can, like a phone number in their bio now. Exactly, it's like, and people can, text me. People can just call it, and then we can record that, and I can like pipe it into Discord somehow, and then like. Yeah, we can really do one of cool. those like call around kind of like guest episodes. Just start banging people's lines and see who picks up. Yeah, yeah. 
there's that I really like in the the Headgum podcast when they do that and like Jeffrey's like we're taking callers. It's like and everyone's t- like you called me. Yeah. <laughs> you're not taking callers, you're calling. Yeah. Um but anyway, we're watching that documentary and I decide, "Oh, I love the Foo Fighters." Mhm. Foo Fighters, which at, is as often were, not the how you end up liking bands is watching a documentary. Yeah, if I watch if I watch a documentary, I love that. So band. that's the Foo Fighters, the Beatles, and uh, Beastie yeah, Boys. Oasis. Oasis. Yeah, Beastie Boys was the book. Yeah, uh, like All Time Low with Straight to DVD. I think you know. Yeah, I mean, you liked them, but then I think Straight to DVD really kind of like really solidified. I was really like, oh, okay, now I need to do place. this too. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I remember like at one point in the documentary, like, uh, Dave Roll's talking about like when he first, you know, was trying to do Foo Fighters as a project and he's kind of like people saying that it was so, it was too close to Nirvana or whatever. And he's like, well, what do you think? I'm going to do like a reggae album now? Like, right. Like I'm still, I still play this kind of music with like loud guitars and stuff and for, and rock drums. And then I remember him just sit like for some reason that loud guitars thing, really stuck with me yeah. where I was like, what does that mean? Loud guitars. Like it's not like the mix is still proper, but it's just like guitar forward. Yeah. It's very and guitar like, forward music. I would. And I really love that. I would say that like the first Foo Fighters thing that he did. Yeah. Right. Was more. Um, is that what is the first Foo Fighters thing? Is it just called Foo Fighters? Is it self self-titled? It might be the one with the little ray gun. Yeah, on it. the ray gun. So I would say that first, like 1995 release, in a lot of places, reads more as like an. I mean, it is like an indie record. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like with how it was produced and just how it like sounds, and uh-huh. I would say it's musical contents in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, I'm gonna put on. I'm gonna put on Big Me right now. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I would say pretty little song. That it, this is, if anybody was saying like, this is Nirvana, I'm yeah, shaking. My yeah, head. really, I'm shaking my head. Right? No. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, you run into. I feel like we've talked about that with certain bands before, where it's kind of like, like yeah, pigeonhole does a certain thing because of a scene they're part of or something. Right. It's like, yeah, not really. Like, yeah. So I don't know, but. But then yeah. the following couple of records where it does actually end up getting, like, way more guitar forward and, like, loud. Right. Uh, I would say... I very much identify with the loud guitars. Yeah, like, from The Color and the Shape, Nothing Left to Lose. Yeah. And you can just hear, like, parts, like, just, like, I don't know. Yeah, there's something a little... Like, you know how you like the wall of sound where it's, mm-hmm. like... Like a bunch of chords that are like really tight and kind of like, and drums you know, just kind of going like, yeah, kind of. It's like kind of grid and like neat. Like you can do, you can do the music that you do like, like program stuff, right? And I think, like that, the first the color and the shape album, the way the guitars are is like the way that guitars speak to me where it's kind of noisy and like erratic and like Mm -hmm. there's you know you're hearing a bunch of different parts at once and like you like dissonance too though 
but like, yeah. you know what I mean? I really, I just really like the, I noticed recently how much I actually like the color and the shape. And I was realizing, uh, yeah, it's just tight and different than I really kind of thought. I don't think I fully listened to that album. I would say before. a lot of the reasons I that I like singles. big wall of guitar music is like evident in yeah. the color and the shape. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, the guitars aren't like, because it was made in what, 97? Yeah, the guitars aren't gargantuan because right. the processing wasn't there yet. But uh-huh. like, it does sound like pretty like It sounds modern, really though. good for 97. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to it on headphones earlier and I was kind of like, if if this came out right now, I'd be like, yeah, sure. There's this is couple, tight. This is super cool. There's a couple tells that this was recorded yeah. a long time ago. And that's uh-huh. the vocal quality uh-huh. and the drums. Yeah. Sure. The drums sound super 90s. Uh-huh. They're like recorded in the most gargantuan room, like yeah, just <laughs> you can right. hear like all the splashing of the reverb everywhere and like sure, yeah. Where drums, yeah, my, it's funny. Drums now get recorded super tight, and Very. then have big room mics like mixed in. Yeah, it's like people um, love like super tight drums now. Right. Yeah, these are a little looser, a little more wet, like you're saying. I really like um, Enough Space. You know that one? Uh, What is that off of? Yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Yeah, Color yeah, and the yeah, Shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the one with that uh, swirly kind of guitar. Mm-hmm. It's very bouncy. Um, There's hits on this album. There's My Hero. It's funny yeah. to me that My Hero is on here. I'm kind of like... Like, that one seems like a later kind of like, all right, Dave Grohl. Yeah. Um, well, dude, what what do you think is, like, what do you think is the first Foo Fighters song you ever heard? Ooh. Probably Everlong. I think my mom liked that one a lot. There's, like, an acoustic version that my mom would listen to. Yeah. But I know exactly what version you're talking about. It's yeah. from... Uh, What's this? It's from the Howard Stern show. He like played it on the Howard Stern show, and then it got oh, really? turned into like a really famous uh, acoustic version of it. But the first Foo Fighters song I ever heard was Monkey yeah, Wrench. Yeah. Okay. Sick. So when I Monkey heard Wrench is sick. about Foo Fighters, I, I immediately it was it was this, and I probably heard yeah. it in like '97 when it came out. Right, because my dad was just was a big Foo Fighters guy when they started happening. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah, I can recall my mom one time talking to like a friend of hers and being like, saying the new Foo Fighters album. Right, in which sounds so ridiculous now. Yeah, it's crazy that it's his second band and it's fully like a legacy band a second time. Yeah, like the strike rate is kind of insane. Right, because um, some would a lot. Um, many people would consider Nirvana to be like a legacy band that had like a right. lot of influence, and then also just the Foo Fighters, right on its back. Yeah, which like I what mean, are the odds, kind of thing. You could be That's like just good, somebody who's talented. You could be like, well, the odds are high because he was already in a big band, so people 
labels and stuff were willing to take the chance on them. Right. But, I mean, undeniably, some of these songs just rip, and Dave Grohl's a really good songwriter. Yeah, and it's also like, yeah, like, nobody cares about Ringo Starr's solo music. It's very true. I didn't even know he had it, you know? Yeah, see? People outspokenly didn't like uh, Patrick Stump's solo music. Yeah, very true. People outspokenly were like, this is terrible. Yeah. Pat, fucking stop. There's, it's, so, and then there's also, like, it's interesting, kind of the, the dual, kind of, like, there's the loud stuff, but then there's also, like, really pretty kind of chord stuff. Right. Um, that he does, that when, he writes. When Dave Grohl said, cool. I play guitar like I play drums, I felt that, and then that's how I play guitar yes. forever now. Me too. Yeah. And that like that was huge, I think. That was big for me because that was that's it's Dave Grohl is like the champion for dudes who can't play guitar. Yeah. Because I'm like he probably is like after playing guitar for just so fucking long now, like probably right. much more talented than I am. Right. But yeah, he can shred. He knows what he's like, yeah, he shreds. But like even he self-proclaimed as like a bad guitarist uh-huh yeah, he's a drummer yeah like Nirvana like Nirvana fucking I don't know why that came into mind John Mayer wouldn't be like I'm bad at guitar no 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 John Mayer is self-aware he knows he's very good at guitar yeah he's like I can do whatever I want on a guitar right and then Dave Grohl wrote seven records with like uh-huh power chords yeah yeah and like the leads on some of these songs, like the lead in Monkey Wrench, the that's such uh-huh. a simple, like little jangly pop punk lead that we've heard a million times. Right. It's it, he isn't like cooking up over there. No, no, yeah, that's not like groundbreaking, virtuosic playing. It's just cool. It's yeah, and it, it all works. I uh, really enjoy it. Yeah. So the that dude. If you go on YouTube Music and look at the at the Foo Fighters like banner picture, Dave Grohl isn't even uh-huh. in it. He, like he is, but his head is like blurred out by the bottom of it. Nice, dude. You would think that the bass player is. The main, the main the guy front in the man. Fighters. Yeah. Oh man, what? Yeah. Very funny <laughs> story about like the Foo Fighters being who they are. Yeah, the formation it's, kind of stuff. It's not any of their first bands. It, it not right, even yeah, it's like, like any of their first successful band. Right. Very like. Um, like What's it called? Supergroup. Yeah, because there's Pat, who was in the Germs, but then also played yeah. guitar with Nirvana. Yeah. Then there's Taylor Hawkins, who not yeah. a whole lot of people know this, but played drums right. for Alanis Morissette in the 90s. Right. And that, yeah, that's an interesting one. I like how when he talks about like just coming from a completely different world than this sort of music, too. Right. And... 
obviously Dave Grohl coming from Nirvana. Right. And then the bass player coming Scream from Scream before Nirvana. Is that is that what he was in? Yeah. I was like talking about Virginia the other band. day that like it's really funny how uh Dave Grohl is fully was fully just in like shitty punk bands. And I Right. Not un, not like ironically shitty, like they just weren't very good punk bands. Yeah, like punk bands. And then uh the bass player from But his whole thing is just like Right. His whole thing though was was like I remember one one time listening to a thing where he was just like I it didn't matter if I was the best or not, I was just gonna play the hardest. <laughs> that's like And I think that's cool. That's I imagine Barry Bonds said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if I'm, the I'm gonna best hit or it I'm just hard. Hit the hardest. Yeah. That's very much I guess I t- I think I have taken a lot of um a lot from Dave Grohl he's, in the playing guitar like drums. Like I said, I'm just he's trying like, to play it hard and loud. He's the champion for all of us who aspire to be in bands and you know, writing good music with like not I wouldn't say a minimal amount of talent, but less perceived talent than our peers. Right. So I think uh, like that makes him in a way like very very relatable. I agree. I um so there's yeah there's that first album Taylor so Dave Grohl is still playing drums on Color and the Shape. There was the other drummer that he kind of like fired and then re-recorded all the drums, which is so funny. So yeah, funny to that's fire a, a guy. That's got to really hurt, you know. It's funny, in that documentary, too, that drummer is kind of like, I still don't know what happened. And it's like, you weren't as good as Dave Grohl. Yeah, or, or like Dave Grohl didn't like how you were playing the drums. And I get it. Listen, yeah, I've been there. I've yeah. been there. I've programmed drums knowing that this is how I want drums to be played exactly. Handed yeah. them off to somebody, got in a room to play the music, and they're playing the drums different. And and now that's not how I wrote them. And it's funny, like, I, like you know, sometimes at, like, practice or whatever, whether it's, you know, any any band I, I've been part of or project, where, like, drums, is, it's, it, it is or it isn't, you mm-hmm. know? It's like guitar, as long as you're playing chords correctly, if you're playing the right notes, you kind of have a little leeway with like rhythm stuff and you can kind of, even if somebody's playing not exactly how you want, you can kind of be like, all right, it can kind of slip through the cracks. But like drum stuff is really kind of like, oh no, you're not doing that. And like, but then it sucks because you don't want to like, like with like directing, if somebody's saying a line different than you want them to say it, you're not supposed to be like, no, say it like... Blah. Like you're not supposed to read a line at somebody. Right. You're supposed to be like, hey, try to be it like do it like slower or faster or like, you know, and you have to really kind of like bring up bring up the emotion of it or whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, with drums, it's kind of like it is or it isn't. And but it feels wrong to also be like hit the snare now. Yeah. Like it's especially if you're. If you're not a drummer, right? And yeah. you're trying to tell a drummer how to play. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel good. 
because you sound like an idiot. Yeah, even and if you and know then exactly it's like, what you want, yeah, you, you just don't know how to communicate that. You sound kind right. of dumb, and it like yeah, it makes your <laughs> it's point not a good less look, really. Yeah, because you're like, what you mean is like, you're like, no, you're playing like, like you're playing like one and two and three and four, and I kind of want it to be yeah. like, like I want a, a more like a snare on three and a less on two and four type situation, right? Yeah, but like, it's like no, don't don't be like do do ta do 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 ta do. I want you to be more like do 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 ta do 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 ta. It's funny for me too. I try to, if I'm ever doing that, I try to explain it with my strumming. So bad. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense to me, but it's not. You can't communicate it. You can kind of like. Tell people where you want the accent by going like right, but you can. I mean, by playing guitar, how you play drums, right? But I feel like the most effective way to if if you're a guitarist listening to this and you're like you want your drummer to play a different way, uh, try to figure out exactly what he is playing. Yeah, and then think about very clearly and concisely how you want that changed. Yeah, you got you got you got one shot. Let's because right. most drummers, at least me, uh-huh. and I know a lot of other people think on a grid cuz that's uh-huh. like the easiest way to like envision how you're playing. Okay. So then just count while you're playing, just count. Figure out where the snares are. And that's everything. Yeah. That's m- you can band-aid a big situation by moving the Right, snares. right. Yeah. Kick certainly does matter to a certain point. What symbol you're playing on certainly matters. But snare is all of your time. Yeah. That's, a, that's where everybody else has to kind of... And if you don't believe me, get into uh, DAW, write what you want to write, uh-huh. program the drums out, and then move the snares further apart, and then tell me how that part feels remember that metric modulation tears for fears video vaguely it's that it's oh that theory. yeah the instead of being like he's like yeah that completely changes it and yeah it changes the entire part so you know, like I said, I kind of, uh, that was in high school that I got really into that Wasting Light album because that's what the documentary was on. And then I remember kind of on the bus, like listening to like singles from other albums and stuff. And then when I was in college, when I was in, when I was at Bridgewater State, uh, I remember. Go yeah, Go Bears. <laughs> I was big on that for a minute. Bridgewater State, Go Bears. It's just really um, funny to just go. College jokes are funny. Whatever. Yeah. Like the, yeah. Whatever the thing is. It's funny how like the whole time I was in school, like it, it felt like sort of like ironic and like goofy. Like I'm not a school guy. Yeah. No. But then I, I got the uh, There Is Nothing Left to Lose album, the one with the Foo Fighters neck tap yep. on the back of Dave Grohl's neck. And this album... I felt was very like 
Like, color and shape is kind of, like, loud and kind of all over, and you're kind of like, wow, that's sick. Like, I really like that guitar part, and it's, like, an energy. And then, like, this one, like, in that documentary, he's very, like, um, I remember him saying, like, that album felt like, like, we rec all the vocals were recorded sitting on a couch, and I think you can feel that kind of thing. And, like, there's some loud stuff, too, on this album. Right. But it's much more kind of like laid back. And like, I recall at this time, I don't think I was living with you yet, but I would definitely just like, if I had free time, I would like stop by your house and try to like write music. Like we were very at like a point of like, okay, if we're working on our offshore descent stuff or friends from home, whatever, like we're going to sit down at a computer. We're going to lay down some chords, going to type in some drums, like, and like this album feels very like you listening to it, uh, you can hear how it's written. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it feels like, okay, they found these chords and then they found this lead. And then he was like, let me plug in this pedal. And like, it's very kind of like, you know, transparent in that way to me for some reason. Um, but I, I guess I feel like a lot of uh, like, Foo Fighters stuff is very kind of the chords are very songwrity, you know, very intentional chord changes and stuff. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what are you listening to now? Um, I'm just on color and the shape. Uh, Up in Arms, I think is playing right now. Nice. I don't think I know that one. Um. I think just a lot of, like, my songwriting ability or, like, sensibilities come from bands that are like this, that are very, like, chord-driven. So I yeah. just kind of relate a lot with how this was written. Right. And, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I'm, I'm still, like, I listen to, like, fully done written songs and I'm like, damn, I suck. You ever do that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't like what I write. That's why I kind of don't write that much. I kind of... I never like it. That's... I'll like it, like, while I'm writing it. I'm like... And, it like, once a year, I'll write, like, a song and be kind of proud of it. And then, like... I'll listen to it, like, a couple days later. I'm like, this is so lame. That's... <laughs> with, like, some of the more metal stuff that I've written recently, it is so subjective. Yeah. Uh-huh that like somebody could be like this is bad and then I'll be like yeah you, you just don't get it right if you think what I this stuff that I wrote is bad it's just uh -huh. so subjective that I can just be like you didn't get it yeah I remember one time uh, when I visited Massachusetts Jake saying something like that and he was like at this point I feel confident enough with my music that I think I can kind of show anybody and yeah, if they're if they don't like it, that's just because they aren't getting it, or like they don't. It's not their thing. Right. It's not that it's bad. It's like just kind of. Uh, yeah. There is plenty that. of people that I could show the metal stuff that I've written, and they'd be like, "Oh, this is sick." Yeah. Like this is crazy to listen to. Right. It's like. Uh, but I think. Yeah, I remember. There's more people that would be like, "This is terrible." Like, what it? What is this? Right. But yeah, I feel you. Um, it's crazy, like, 
and it's just the way that albums work and people who are good good at music like but i was just thinking like damn color and shape has monkey wrench and then there's nothing left to lose has learned to fly and then one by one has times like these and all my life like there's just like big singles on all these yeah except in your honor what is this album oh best of you okay but that's kind of the only one on that one there's a couple songs on all these albums though you know what i mean each one does have a couple of songs yeah oh okay after after that one in your honor mm-hmm. I just, okay so i remember in your honor i think was like a double like a double lp and it was like had like a like an acoustic part and like a loud part but then after that one because i was kind of like yeah what is on that one it's skin and bones which is a live album okay so you know they're kind of kind of hit a slump i guess let's oh so let's just toss out a live album echo silence patience and grace has the pretender of course the ever famous 2007 yeah then this next oh one they has come up with rope yeah yeah that was and that was kind of a big uh, little time jump there. They even put out a Greatest Hits album before they put out Wasting Light. So um, funny that they put out Rope. <laughs> Very funny. I remember Ro- that was- I remember when they were putting this record out, like Dave Grohl was talking about like, yeah, it's 2011 when we're putting out a record on tape. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a big like, thing for him to be like, that's like this was all recorded on tape. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing of that documentary is like, yeah, which did feel like, and I guess like, what do we know at that point in time about anything? But like, that was kind of like, oh yeah, people don't do that anymore. That's super cool. But now it's kind of like, yeah, people, yeah, like people do that still. Like a a lot of people now will uh, record everything in Pro Tools and then run it through a tape machine when it's done. Yeah. And then, like that makes sense. That's how they kind of glues everything together. Yeah, I I, am, like I imagine that for whatever reason in my little tiny pea brain, as putting a bunch of tracks into a funnel. Yeah, and then yeah, sure. Then it comes out of the other side as like one extruded piece. Uh huh. Instead of a hundred tracks. Right. It's like here's one. Yeah, this album is tight though. Wasting Light is sick. I I like this one a lot. I I've never the, really the like, ride stuff on rope. <laughs> I've never really like listened to Foo Fighters stuff like post uh nothing left to lose. Okay. It's it's mostly like that's Nothing left to lose is what I'm listening to, and then I've heard like singles off of everything else past that. Sure. Yeah. It, I, I just really... wasn't keeping up with it anymore. I, I mean this in the sure. most endearing way possible. It they Foo Fighters kind of weezered out to me a little bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think you know, like I said too, I I kind of like full albums up to up to Nothing Left to Lose. And singles from there until Wasting Light comes out, and then I like that whole album. I haven't ever listened to um, any of these other albums as like one piece of art. No, nah, me neither. Maybe, maybe I that's should. why. I, yeah, I remember 
like, because after Wasting Light came out, I was like, oh, sick. Like, Foo Fighters is tight. And, like, you can continue to... I remember it being a big idea to me that, like... Because I remember at the time, like, a lot of pop punk stuff, I was kind of like, damn, okay. I like everybody's first album. And then once you get two or three albums in, it's trash. And then that band just sucks. And I remember like wasting light coming out and being like, Oh, that doesn't have to be the structure of a band. Like you can put out a couple right. albums, have them be really good, have a couple whiffs and then have a few still come out with something yeah. sick. Like, you know, Dude. uh, some of the bands in the related for these guys is hilarious. Chris Cornell is in three of them. Nice. <laughs> it's some of the, Fans might also like is literally it's like you ready? Let's count how many yeah. bands Chris Cornell's in. Soundgarden, okay, one. Yep. Rage Against Check. the Machine, Smashing Pumpkins, Chris Cornell's regular stuff. So that's two. Yeah, it's just his solo stuff. Incubus, sure. Velvet Revolver, uh, Stone Temple Pilots, Audio Slave. Oh, there's the third one. Uh oh, it's crazy how many bands. Audio dude. Slave is. Is the Chris Cor- is like a Chris Cornell's thing after Soundgarden? It's Rage Against the Machine with Chris Cornell. Oh wow! It's uh... very like early two thousands kind of thing. Yeah. And then Stone Temple Pilots is kind of that Dave Grohl's ha- version of that. Billy Corgan. That's with the is a shapeshifter. Yeah. The vocalist for Smashing Pumpkins is a shapeshifter. Like between having hair and not, no, he or just, just all the time, all the time. He's like bald, and he looks like a certain what. Like sometimes he looks like just a regular bald guy, and other times he looks like fucking Voldemort. Okay, yeah, I feel that. Some I can't tell if he's what his, his size is either. Yeah, is he over six feet tall? Is he dangerously tall, or is he short? Yeah. He strikes me yeah, as he could really be any. tall for some reason. He could be a big guy. Like, he could be a big dude, I think. Right. He could be huge. Or not. Yeah, yeah like, is he kind of looks Car- like Gerard Way. Cargan- yeah, I was going to say, is he Gerard Way or is he Voldemort? <laughs> yeah. Nice, dude. I'm looking up his height now. All right. Sounds oh, good. he's 6'3". Yeah, Shoot. that's what I'm saying. Is he fucking tall as hell? Yeah. Or is he regular wow. height? How crazy Damn, would it be? I, I, how crazy would it be if he was also from New Jersey, and it just like turns out that he's just like <laughs> Gerard Way's dad or something? That'd be hilarious, dude. That's where he's. Oh, he's from Illinois. Yeah, it checks out. Chicago. Uh. Yeah, I saw on like the Google little kind of profile section. That it said spouse is one person, and then it said partner was another person, and I was like, "Oh shoot, he's like he's a polygamist." Uh, yeah, but like then I saw there's dates on the uh, on the spouse thing. He was just married for a moment. His voice is so funny. I'm listening to Smashing Pumpkins now, just for shits and giggies. Oh yeah, it is a really certain way. You got into Smashing Pumpkins a few years ago, huh? I just really like their like. The, the one record. Yeah, the big one. The main one. Yeah, the one from 1995. The one with 1979 on it. 
Nice. In uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Uh huh. <laughs> I he's such a fucking dickhead though. I like, and I know he is. Like I, Billy Corgan. I know he's like the worst guy ever. Probably, huh? There's like an interview with him being like, yeah. At one point, the rest of the people in Smash and Pumpkins were like really upset with me because I was getting paid more for like certain stuff. But and then he uh-huh. was like, but it's because I'm like the face of the band and I'm outgoing. Like I can't make you more outgoing. You just have to do it. And I was like, that's hilarious. Oh boy. Like sure, but don't say that out loud. <laughs> like especially in like a fucking interview that people are gonna see. Yeah, if you've heard him say that, that's bad. Right. If his wife heard him say that, sure. Right, but I, Andrew Marshall, a (laughs) 27-year-old man from Massachusetts, yeah, knows that he said that. So, after Wasting Light, and that's the documentary I keep talking about, they also did a thing called Sonic Highways in 2014. And Sonic Highways has eight songs, so it's kind of an EP. Mm-hmm. But they put they did another documentary series for that, and I think it was on HBO. And um, but it was kind of like they they kind of went around the United States and recorded each song in a different like important studio. Okay. Uh. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of. I didn't care as much for that album, but that documentary was really cool. I actually really liked it. You should watch it if, if you can find it somewhere. Which one? Uh, Sonic Highways. Is that the one about uh, Sound City or whatever? No, that's called Sound City. Oh, okay. But, that's yeah, a good man, he was, really, he was really into documentaries for a minute. Yeah, Sound City is sick, too. I feel like I learned a lot about, like... A lot on that one. Um, but then that's 2014. They and then they're putting out like lots of EPs for a while. They put out a full length in 2017 that was vaguely psychedelic at some points of it. I think. Right. Um. There's a a song called Sunday Rain that uh, Taylor Hawkins sings. Um. And then there's like a lot of there's like there's zero zero nine five zero zero two five. Yeah, I have no fucking clue. And then what those like, are. and I just kind of couldn't pay attention to those because I was like, what is? Why are they numbered like that? What is this? Yeah, I I saw those in their albums, and I was like, there's no way I'm bringing this up in yeah. like even yeah. trying to make sense of what <laughs> this is. It's so many of those too. Like, are those a lot dates? Of them. Are these? A lot of them, and it's all different. Like, I just can't tell. It's, it's a little, it's a lot. So I had, I was thinking the other night, and I asked Phoebe these questions, and I was like, oh, these would be good questions for the podcast. What, yeah. What's one band that you heard the first time, and you were like, no, absolutely uh-huh. not, to where, and then eventually you, like, fully came around, and you were like, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, you're asking that? Yeah. Do you have one? Yeah. The obvious one is definitely All Time Low. I think we've covered that before. Yeah. But, like, even even when you heard that, you weren't, like, shut it off forever. 
Sure, yeah, it was just kind of like, nah, not my thing. And then I, it was. Like, for me, it's The Killers. Okay. The first time I heard The Killers and whatever it was, 2004, 2002, uh-huh. when I was in a car seat, I was like, this is bad. Sure. I heard yeah. it again in 2009, 2010, and I'm like, this is gas. Yeah. I don't know if I have one of those, really. Come back to me. All right. And the other one was uh, I was just trying to, like, figure out. I was just curious as to how she would, like, rank albums less yeah. in less singles. So I said, name, like, give me your album Mount Rushmore. Okay. Like, your top... Top four. Not necessarily like what you think are the four best albums of all time, but like but take, my. taking into consideration like your favorite, the most influential to you, stuff like uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What did she say? She named a bunch of shit that I didn't even like really know, like singer-songwriter yeah. stuff that like... Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay, okay. I think Sleep okay. Token ended up on there. I'd imagine that. Yeah. They put out a song with... Loathe? It's just a cover of a yep. Loathe song. Oh, cool. It's uh, the dude from Sleep Token playing uh, a Loathe song on piano is what it is. I see. I saw Phoebe post that the other day, but then I didn't listen to it. It was... It's good. I mean... I'd say... Okay. Uh, keep I'm in mind Mount Rushmore say... has four people on it. Four. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Waves Afraid of Heights. Okay. I like that one a lot. That one's pretty important, I think. Uh, title Fight, I'm going to say, uh, let's say Floral Green. I'll go Floral Green. Go Floral Green. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant Peppers. Okay. And, oh my God. Oh my God. See, and then you ran out of space quick. Yeah, and I'm kind of just like, there's a lot that kind of sits right next to each other where I'm kind of like, I'm going to look down my, I got to look at Spotify real quick. Shoot, dude. Yeah, see, then I'm, because then I'm like, what? Am I going to say like Phoebe Bridgers? Am I going to say Beastie Boys? Right. To be realistic, yeah, I guess Phoebe Bridgers, I'm going to say, what's that one called? Punisher, the new one. Wow. My current. Wow. Yeah. And this also feels like I'm saying current, but this could also I could have also said the same list like two years ago, right? The uh, the list that I went with was uh, define the great line, okay? Because it's in be- it's in between chasing safety and define the great line, but I really think uh, Under Oath found their stride in yeah define the great line. Whereas I might like more of singles and like cherry picking. Off of yeah, uh, they're only chasing safety. I define the great line is a no skipper. Sure. So I think a no skips is yeah. So just like very, I think important in my like musical development. Yeah. Uh, and then I went over to Fall Out Boy, right? Because big oh. for me when it happened. Yeah, if I was gonna make a top ten, I, I, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw "Take This to Your Grave" up there. Right, and then uh, for the same reasons that I went sophomore with 
under oath, yeah, I went from under the cork tree with Fall Out Boy. Okay. Yeah. Because I think just as strong of an album, but I think it's I think it's stronger front to back than it is song to song. Personally. Um, I can also see you being more. I think we've landed on this before in the past that you're kind of more a uh, from another cork tree guy, right? I think "Take This to Your Grave" singles, yeah, are very strong songs individually, yeah. But I think as an album, and we are talking albums here. We're not talking about like our favorite songs off an album that was like halfway decent, right? No, no, you're you're right. So you're right about that. From under the cork tree, and then um, you'll notice there's like a, a big, uh, big obvious thing happening here, where it's like all this stuff that I'm talking about came out from like 2000 to 2007. Um, of course. And then here's, and I've said this, I've been very outspoken about this. I think this is the best EP ever written. Okay. The Zombie EP by The Devil Wars Prada. That's what I thought you were going to say. I'm not a big Devil Wars Prada guy. However, I think The Zombie EP is one of the most masterfully done EPs ever. Uh Uh-huh. So then that EP lands on there. And then it was a super big toss-up for the end. And I'm like, damn, I really don't know. And you know what it is? And it's the only new thing. Okay. I let it in and it took everything. That new Loathe record. Okay. It's like, dude. You are stoked on that. I think it's, I think it'll go down as like one of the like greatest metal records like ever written. That, that sounds like a lot to say right now, like what, three, four years after it was released, but like. But you think in, in time it'll, it'll really kind of show people what to do. I think in, in time that, in the genre, I think it'll end up being like sort of timeless. Yeah, because like, there is stuff that's like a little too aggressive for some people, and then like, but there's like big soundscapey stuff, and like there's just right. a ton of like, like almost theatrical, or like not theatrical, like cinematic, uh, mm. yeah, like yeah, yeah, soundscape so. kind of stuff going on. They could score a movie, and it'd be pretty cool easily. Yeah. And I, I just think that's that's a really interesting record. Yeah. Tight. It's funny. And I did. I, I guess just did four, right? Yeah, you did. Here, listen to this. Or listen to Dream Widow. Foo Fighters' Dream Widow is an album. It's super thrashy. It's just kind of like... I like that Dave Grohl has that too. It's like kind of metally. This is, that, is crazy. This is the one that they're doing the movie. Okay, yeah, the Studio Six Six Six. It sucks. Yeah, like oh, I wanted to watch funny. that. It's Dream Widow and the Foo Fighters. Oh, nice. It's like its own band kind of thing, like a side project almost. This is so funny. Yeah. I really wanted to watch that movie. I, I I still have to. It, and then at this just point, even just them coming up with this makes me understand how ears to the ground these guys are yeah. about like current metal. 
stuff. Sure. Yeah, totally. I was watching, um, because Code Orange puts this out and people are like, this is sick. Sure. No, totally. Yeah, it's not a joke album. Foo Fighters puts it out. It's like a funny joke album. But, I yeah, I was watching uh, Hot Ones with Dave Grohl a few weeks ago, and um, yeah, he mentions like Turnstile, like like uh, Chris e- Chris Evans, Sean no. Evans, Sean Evans is kind of like um, you know how involved with you are how involved are you with like noticing new music and stuff like that, and he's like yeah for sure like I pay attention. You really gotta. It's seeing no, you do. Because then it's then that then what happens if you're not paying attention to what music actually is? You end up being like Fallout Boy, right? Where you, you're like you get like have they listened head? to music? Yeah, it's like they're so like they, it's like they've only ever heard other Fallout Boy music. Like yeah, they like they and shut, then disregard that even they shut themselves <laughs> off from other music and just started writing yeah. what they wanted to write, which is fine, right? But not having any context for what music uh-huh. is doing currently outside of what you're writing yeah. makes it sound, like, detached and weird. Like, yes. who knows? Maybe years from now, uh-huh. we'll go back and listen to Mania and go, wow, they were really doing something here. But I doubt it. I Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it, too. Um. Yeah. But yeah, getting to this kind of more like current thing is also a little bit of a bummer because then I'm like, oh yeah, okay, well there, this is it. I think. Um, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and I guess I guess at this point we'll sort of address how yeah Taylor Hawkins is no longer you know with us on this mortal coil, and you know this is not the first time. So and. Pat Pat Smear, the Germs singer, I think, like, maybe even kind of, like, killed himself uh, with drugs. And then Kurt Cobain, obviously, you know, is murdered by Courtney Love. And... I mean, just well-known at this point. Period, yeah. This is known. Um, And, yeah, now Taylor Hawkins has passed, pro- you know, probably in a similar way not not murdered by courtney love but you know, making making assumptions <laughs> dude i wouldn't put a pastor uh, <laughs> what's she doing these days she put out a song with follow boy a couple years ago now nah, it was maybe almost 10 years ago now that was uh, save like save rock and roll um but yeah so i'm kind of just like that's just so much tragedy and foo fighters is already so far along that I'm just kind of like, Taylor Hawkins is the Foo Fighters drummer. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't see... He's been I around don't longer see their, than he hasn't been around. Yeah. And I just don't see it going a different way. I don't see them finding someone else. I don't... Maybe in, like, five years. Like, I could see, like, all right, let's get Ringo to play with us. You know, I like, I, I could see Dave do, Grohl doing that. But, like... I think they might still tour... I don't know if they'll be writing new music. And if they tour, Who do you think? they're going to just tour with, like... It's going to be like they're going to stuff a drummer in a corner. Just some guy, yeah. I, or maybe drums are too important to Dave Grohl 
to really like take a back seat like that. Like yeah, like a studio drummer. Right. Yeah, I I'm curious. I have cuz I also haven't seen I haven't been looking anything up, but like I haven't really seen any other statements aside from like you know, kind of the day right that happened, like the band being like, "Hey, this is a bummer." You know. But uh, yeah, I'm kind I'm kind of curious to see what happens. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of just stop doing stuff. Yeah, I don't think I would either. But I don't I don't really think that will truly be the case. Yeah, you think Dave Grohl writes too much? Yeah, or he or you'll start seeing some of his other side projects start like blooming a little more. Sure, that'll definitely be the next couple of years, and, and then. Yeah, maybe I could see Foo Fighters having touring drummers after that. Yeah, I think that's certainly probably going to be the case. I Like, I doubt they'll ever be like, hey, we have a new drummer now. Right. I don't think that'll ever be the case. That's wild, though. Yeah, it is a lot. That's a lot. You know, that's a bummer. Dude, this Dream Widow record is... Is yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it's a, it's crazy. I want to know what they were doing for some of these guitar tones. These are like some great metal guitar tones. Yeah, I'd love if it's just like a Les Paul through a Marshall. That's probably what it is. Yeah, a lot of this sounds like fifty-one fifty in nature, though. Cool. Yeah, a little. Like it sounds very um, kill switch engage, yeah, and that's very that was all like fifty one fifty, nice tube screamer into a fifty one fifty like out of an orange cab, just all the uh-huh. meat you can get, right? Very funny that Dave Grohl is just screaming on this whole record. Yeah, he does that at all. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's fully like doing like a fucking golem voice on this third song. He's like, <laughs> homie has fun, dude. Very funny. But he seems like such a fun, cool guy. Um, what was I gonna say? I think this the movie is like Dave Grohl gets possessed when they like rent a uh-huh. studio. Oh, oh, oh. And that's like the whole idea. Nice. That's sick. That's why he sounds like a fucking demon on every single one of these songs, because he is. He's like possessed. That's tight. They they do steal the John Mayer funny or die joke, though. I don't know if that's a nod to the funny or die joke. The when Dave. The not so fast asshole thing? No, when he says, uh, I wrote a new. I made a new chord. Oh, oh, call oh. it M. Yeah, 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 for mayor. Nice. Oh, they do that. Yeah, except I think he says it's like it's L. Uh huh. Like found a new musical note. L. Is that on the trailer? I think it is. I think I'll see it. I don't know if I'll like go to a theater. I think yeah, I think it was in theaters a few months ago. But maybe it'll be on some streaming service soon, and I'll be able to. Make visual contact with it. Hey, John Krasinski was in the new uh, 
uh, fucking what is it? Benedict Cumberbitch movie? Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Really? Yeah, he plays uh, Mr. Fantastic. Oh, I saw an image of that actually. And then I guess he's. I feel they're like... gonna do a Fantastic Four movie, and he's gonna be Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. They got to quit it, honestly. They can't do any more of those. Like, if this one doesn't work, let's hang it up. Right. This Fantastic is the, Four is not a good... This for, is the last Fantastic Four movie we're doing. Yeah. Superman, tough tough to do a movie. Fantastic Four, tough to do a movie. Let's learn, you know? Oh, let's... Uh, have you seen it yet? The What? Uh, everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh, no, I haven't. Jesus fucking Christ. You're like our ear to the ground. Sorry. You're like our local correspondent I sh- on I A24 know. movies. I gotta... Yeah. I saw The Northman the other day in theaters. Yeah, you told me that. Oh, that one's that one's not A24 even, though. But I mean, A24 enough, though. Am I right? Yeah. We got our boy Eggers in there. It's also just, like, dark the whole time, so... <laughs> yeah. It is pretty dark. I know that A24 isn't a guy that makes the movies, but, I mean, there, there's, like, some pretty common through lines. Yeah, we get some themes for sure, some some strong themes. Uh, no, yeah, I just want you to see that movie so I you can tell me if it's like, no, nah, it's just them doing that again. Okay. Because I think that that's the case. I want to I wanna say that I think that that's the case. That they're just doing that again? That Yeah, that they're just doing it again. Uh-huh. But I I need let's let's say a, a professional opinion. Sure. And you'll be I'll give my you a kind of a little opinion. a little review. Yeah, I think it looks cool. I uh Yeah, maybe do it on the movie podcast. Curious. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. We'll pro- probably get there eventually, I'm sure. I'd love to, I'd love to know about it. Anyways. Yeah, I want to see this the, is Foo, the Fighters, Foo Fighters, right? One. Yeah, we kind of yeah, just kind of generally. So now, now I gotta do gotta do something for next week. Yeah. Yikes, dude. Dude. <laughs> this <laughs> this Foo Fighters record is so funny. Yeah, I'm still listening to it too. Very, very funny. I don't know if there's like. I haven't been listening to anything. Yeah, I feel that. So, for me to, like, I, anything that I give you right now, I'm going to be, like, sort of kind of pulling out of my ass a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, You know what I think I decided on? What? The, I think, arguably, where, like, a specific kind of metalcore died. Okay, it, that's interesting. It's it, it, I the think end of an era. I think it's the the door. The door was closing, and they barely made it through. Okay, like the door hit them in the ass on the way out. I see. That's two thousand nine's witness by Bless the Fall. Okay, Bless the Fall. Yeah, sure. That's funny. For some reason, I've been like thinking of uh, Escape the Fate more. Like it's kind of Escape the Fate has come up a few this times. This album is the album just post Craig. 
So he le- he left okay. the band. Wow, remember their cursive logo? Yeah. Damn, they still put out an album in 2018 with neon. It's a neon sign kind of album cover. Yeah, dude. Bo Boken. You know? Yeah, Bo Boken. I remember that name now. He's he the guy after. Lights, I think. Oh, really? She seems like she's cooler than marrying a metalcore vocalist. But maybe not. I don't know. She's also like kind of. No, that's fine, though. That's cool. That's cool. No, she's cool. Anyways. He's cool, too, I bet. Yeah, no, he's sick. Anyways. There's, I think. Okay. That's it. Cool. This has been the Nobody's Listening to This Music Podcast. (laughs) Later. Peace.